Hi, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast Season 2, and I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is a podcast dedicated to all things food, from recipe ideas to interviews with chefs, producers, purveyors, farmers, and people who just love culinary adventures like myself. So join us here on Fridays to explore the world through the lens of food, and together we can share some yummy food, some laughs, and I welcome you here at my table always. And if you're ready, let's go on a food adventure together starting right now. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is episode 13, season two. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for being here. You've been here a while? Well, thank you for being here a while. And you know what I'm going to say? Say it with me, loud and proud. Don't take notes. I've taken notes. Go to my website for everything, elizabethrfuller.com. While you're there, check out my amazing photography. That's what I do for a living. I'm a professional food and product photographer. So hit me up for photos because I'm freaking awesome at it. If you've got questions for the podcast, if you want to be on the podcast, if you need culinary sleuthing of any kind, send me an email. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. And of course, tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram at let's go on a food adventure. All right, you guys, <laughs> that was a mouthful. Let's go on a food adventure. Hi, everybody. How's everyone doing out there in podcast land? I'm great. I'm good. I am very sad with everything going on in the world. Ukraine, Sri Lanka, the list goes on and on. It's If you're not paying attention, please pay attention. I'm sure you are paying attention. Um, it's heartbreaking. It, I, I want to do so much more, um, and I, I wish there was more I could do. So if you have any ideas of things that are organizations that you think people should know of, please send them my way. I'm happy to mention them on the podcast um, to support these, these people, their struggles, and what's happening around the world. So uh, please send them in. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. Um, today, today we are embarking on a fun, fun, fun journey. This conversation was so, I, it was such a blast to talk with this person. I'll get into it in a second. We talked for, uh, really, we had a beautiful, beautiful long conversation and she kindly donated a ton of time to speaking with me. So you're looking at another two-parter. So this is part one and next week we'll have part two. And with that, let's get going with this. My guest today, she's freaking amazing. She is a bad ass woman. Truly, I adore her. She is a botanist. She has a master's of science in botany, a bachelor's of science in horticulture. She is from Kenya. She's currently lives in Kenya. She is so passionate about 
farming and food that she has her own podcast called Farm to Table Podcast in Kenya, where she's talking about all matters of food and farming. And, you know, she she is a firm believer that every person should have access to healthy food and works in research and policy to promote sustainable agriculture that is also profitable to farmers, which I think is amazing. So please welcome Wamboy from the Farm to Table podcast. Hi, Wamboy. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great, Beth. How are you? So good. I can't, I'm so pumped. Uh, I wish I was in Kenya right now with you where it's probably a heck of a lot warmer than it is here in the Boston area. Oh, it's so hot. It's so hot. I was actually compl- complaining to my friends yesterday that it's too hot like it's enough now the sun can just be turned down a bit (laughs) man how hot is it um let me just check oh yeah yeah real time um, back check because right now it's what 5 p.m your time it's uh 4 30 p.m and it says 25 degrees that is toasty yeah <laughs> but now it's it's a bit cooler so if you come if up around midday it's probably around 28 so Oof. it's unbearable really <laughs> yeah so you need to have air conditioning everywhere you go if you can afford it not really actually um that's funny because i've been maybe in the coast around the coast mm. it's it gets hot and humid so you need aircon but here, no, not really. Wow. Oh, it's also man. windy. So it's, oh. it's hot, but it's windy. Windy's, yeah. yeah so that, that's a little more bearable. Okay. So mm-hmm. I already gave you an intro for my listeners. So um, yeah. where in Kenya are you from originally? So I'm from the central part of Kenya. Okay. So the central part of Kenya, which is... um. It, it was central province, first of all. Then now we, we had a new subdivision. So we have counties and everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but it's in the central province. Because so Kenya, for people who um, don't realize, you have the mm-hmm. whole continent of Africa. Africa is a continent, people, not a country. Yeah, yeah 54 countries. <laughs> 54 countries, and it's massive. Yeah. Your continent yeah. is huge. And so it's Kenya, huge. if I'm if I'm right with this, it's kind of like mm-hmm. it's on the east coast of the mm-hmm. continent, and it's smushed kind of in the central east coast, like northern central east coast part of the continent, where you've mm. got like Somalia. Uh, is it Uganda? Is right near you? Yeah, you Uganda right that? is to and our west. Ethiopia is kind of near you. Yeah, too, Ethiopia right? is in the north as well. Okay. So, yeah. and you've got such biodiversity in Kenya. Yeah, we do. We have um, so many different types of microclimates. So we have, we actually have a desert. In the mm-hmm. northern part of Kenya, there's a desert. Mm-hmm. We have, um, we have the western part, which is lakeside. So we have Lake Victoria, mm-hmm. which is on the western side. We have the coast, so we have the coast along the Indian Ocean, and then we have um, now the, the central sort of part. Yeah, but we have very different climates across the country. 
Yeah. So when you say central, the central Kenya, where you're from, is that how close are you to like Nairobi? Very close, actually. Um, okay. So it's about a two and a half hour drive. And oh, the good okay. thing about about Kenya is that first it's a small country, so you can you can get to everywhere pretty easily. And also, so Nairobi is also very central in the mm-hmm. country. And like, I don't know, some other places where you find that the capital is too far off from, mm-hmm. but Nairobi is very much central to Kenya. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And um, just to give you a sort of a picture, we are along the equator. So yeah. Yeah. So even when I go home, on my way home, I cross the equator at two points. No way! <laughs> That's bananas! Okay, so then, oh my God. So then are you technically, you some, some, <laughs> it's bananas. So are some parts of where you are right now in win- summertime and then you cross it and then some parts are in wintertime? Yeah, yeah, really. But, but the thing is, um, so close to the equator there isn't much difference in the weather yeah so but I don't know I guess for me having lived and been born so near the equator I it's really not a big deal but it's such a big deal people come from all over the world just to step up one foot in and one foot out yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) but for me I cross it on two sides on on my way to work for example I will cross it and go to the north and then back home to the south. So. <laughs> it's pretty cool. cool. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that would ever get old for me. Like I, every time I see it, I just giggle and be like, hey, "Here I go again, bitches!" Like that's so funny. So yeah. did you, so you grew up? Did you grow up in the town that you're now currently still living in? Um, so I was born in a different town than I currently live in. It's really close to about an hour away. Okay. And um, then what happens with us is that you go to school, you probably go to high school, far, uh, not in your hometown, okay. and you go to university in a different hometown. So for me, I went to boarding school when I was about 10, but still very close to my hometown. Then I went to high school in the town that I was born, okay. which is, yeah, but we had already moved from that town. And then for university, I went to Nairobi. Oh, okay. So I went to, yeah, for, for, for my undergrad, I went to Nairobi. So is it, when you say that people are traveling from, to, to go to high school, how, on average, how long does someone travel from a, their hometown to go to a high school? Is it like an hour a half an hour, longer, shorter? Longer, longer, really. Um, because what happens is that for us, we once you do your your end of primary school, we call it primary school. So uh-huh. I don't know. Yep. You guys, it's probably same. elementary yeah, for you guys. Same, I don't know. <laughs> primary, same. Yeah. Yeah. So after that, we do exams to go on to the next now to high school and the exams are nationwide so you do a similar exam for everybody in the country mm-hmm. and then based on how you perform they send you to a school of that level so there are national schools so they take the top students and then there are maybe provincial schools take the second like that 
Wow. And then now for the for the lowest performing students, for them, they end up now going to the local schools, maybe in within their areas. Yeah. So, so when you me, go, so it's almost like a junior college that you're you're going to that's your high school in a way, because you're going and are you boarding at the at the high school? Yeah, yeah. Most of mm-hmm. most high schools in Kenya are actually government. So okay. they're, they're public high schools. And yeah, you do board most of the time. So it, it's so unpredictable because you can be picked to go to a school anywhere in the country, especially for the national schools. So for me, for example, my school was national. So we had students from all over the country. Yeah. Wow. And that's got to be really hard as a child being that young still and being that far away from your family because you went to boarding school away from your family. Then you go to a high school away from your family and then you go to college away from your family. And so, you know, and I feel like, I mean, in the, in a lot of countries and cultures, family is everything, you know, it's, and so to be away from them for that that young for that amount of time it's got to be really hard yeah it is um so for example for me as I said I went to boarding school at 10 years that was hard that was really hard it was close to home yes but you know you don't you don't get to go home whenever you want yeah you you only get like a visiting day or something It, it it's not easy it's not easy but I guess um it's the cost of education I think because um, unfortunately for us not all schools are up to standard so oh, sure you can live in a part in a part of the country where there aren't any good competitive schools in terms of a good education so mm-hmm. you have to travel to a place to get you know the standard of education that I guess your parents aspire for you to have mm-hmm. yeah so at the time you probably think oh this isn't the best but eventually you come to understand that it's for your good and also I think having gone away from home I made some of my best friends in high school you know I'm still friends with the people I went to high school with and I guess that's a that's the upside yeah they become the family you choose for sure yeah 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 absolutely um so let's change gears a snudge and talk about cooking who cooked in your household even though you weren't there a lot it sounds like but you were there <laughs> at times who was who was the one who did all the cooking in the house for me um i am the last one of oh, you're the, the, baby. I'm the baby yes oh, how many siblings do you so, have i have one sister my elder sister oh, okay yeah, so I so she's I the one who eat. always got in trouble and got grounded, and you got away with everything. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But my sister is she's very responsible, so she would always, you know, she really took care of me. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like she took care of all of us, to be honest. <laughs> but she's very in that very firstborn way, <laughs> you know. That's awesome. Yeah, firstborn children are like so responsible. So I barely did much of the cooking, to be honest, when I was younger. It was either my mom or my sister. And then eventually, as I grew older, I learned to cook. And something funny is that because it wasn't required of me to cook, I sort of became good at it. 
<laughs> because I was allowed to do it on my own terms. So I was like, oh yeah, um, I can experiment. I can do this and do that because I'll only cook for today and I probably wouldn't have to, you know, cook ever again for a month. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. No, that makes total yeah. sense. So then what are some of your favorite like childhood dishes that your sister or your mom would have made you that still make you like, oh, when you eat them now? <laughs> this is probably going to st- sound so odd, but um, no. I was one of those poor, poor feed. What is, what is the word? The people that are, they don't eat well. Poor oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Poor diet. Like you, you yeah. ate a lot of crap yeah no not really um we 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 didn't really grow up around junk food my mom oh, okay. is a nurse so she wouldn't allow us to have all that junk food she was oh, all about you know nutrition nutrition oh good 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 but um so i hated food i i didn't used to eat <laughs> oh okay. yeah I, I was i was definitely a problematic child in that way but um so, oh so you were no so the word you're looking for maybe is you were a picky eater that you yes, were yes, very exactly. picky about what you like to eat. So like, you were like, no, yes. I only want, you know, chicken or I'm not eating. I'm not <laughs> eating that. I don't know what that green thing is. I'm not eating it. Don't make me eat it. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely a picky eater. I think I still am quite a picky eater. Okay. Today. But, um, so it's probably, I'm going to say my favorite foods to eat as a child was probably like fries, you know, the days that my mom would go yeah. all out and be like oh yeah let me let me make you guys some fries and she would bake as well Ooh. so just not just something that's not a proper meal you know it's not yeah. going to be rice and something no, no, <laughs> no then no, we no. have like war was your, is <laughs> so your mom a good my, baker she she used to bake she doesn't bake anymore mm-hmm. but yeah she used to she used to make us some cup, cupcakes she would bake cookies all the things <laughs> So those, those were definitely my my favorite. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's great. And so mm-hmm. now the cuisine in Kenya, I imagine is super diverse depending on because the biodiversity in the country itself. Mm-hmm. It's got to be very diverse from like Nairobi to the coast to the savanna to kind of like everywhere. It's going to be a little bit different Mm -hmm. like what if you were having and I know that you um absolutely love cooking now wink wink but like if you were hosting your friends for dinner what Mm -hmm. would you make now for them um so first of all um yes the cuisine is very diverse Mm -hmm. but um we do have staples so there's something that you would go to every part of the country and you know, they cook mm. that in their homes regularly. So for dinner, I'd probably make pilau. So Ooh. what pilau is, it's, um, it's rice with a lot of spices. And I mean, a lot of spices mm. <laughs> and um, meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'd make probably a really good pilau, a sort of perfected pilau or so my family tells me like shameless plug <laughs> i love that you're gonna have if you're willing maybe you can email me your your recipe and i'll put it in the show notes and maybe i'll yeah. make some pilau too yeah definitely i'll okay. do that and um 
and an avocado salad. So I've also really perfected that avocado salad. So that's probably what I would What's in your avocado salad? So it's more of a, it's saucy. So Uh what I do is um, I mash the avocados and then I put in like maybe an onion, a red onion. Mm -hmm depending on the amount of avocados, probably a small red onion, I blend it just so that you don't have to chew the onion. I, I really don't like when you have yeah. to chew raw onion. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, yeah. I put in um, lemon zest. Ooh. Yeah, and um, some vinegar just to make it a bit sour and mm. um, tomatoes. So for the tomatoes, I just chop them, finely chopped tomatoes. It's, yeah, then I mix it and chill, chill it a bit and then serve it. Ooh, it almost sounds like a take Guacamole. on guac. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but you've got some interesting things in there like lemon zest, vinegar mm. instead of lime. It's it's really, that sounds really good. I, I'm going to yeah. make your avocado salad as well, I think. I would like to have it for dinner tonight, actually. So maybe Please I'll try it out and life changing. <laughs> God, I'm coming to Kenya and hanging out with you. That will be life changing. So yeah. now you just said when people are traveling in Kenya, there are like must eats that like, if you're going to a certain region, you must eat this. Mm, yeah. I know there's a lot of different regions in Kenya. We don't have to hit them all, but what would mm. be like maybe three or four must eat things in Kenya? So I'll say the first, the first must eat is called nyamachoma. Ooh, what's that? Yeah, so it's um either it's roasted, it's it's roasted over an open flame sort of beef. You could have it in terms of beef or mutton. Mm-hmm. I prefer mutton, but it's mm-hmm. uh, so for the people that are very um, what is it? like health conscious this this is not a dish that is encouraged a lot in fact the doctors they discourage it a lot (laughs) (laughs) okay okay so it's so good for your heart or anything but it's good it tastes good (laughs) so that's what we had with with ugali ugali is a is a is, is a dish that is it's staple to kenya actually you use corn flour and you make sort of a dough, a cooked dough of corn flour. So it's not it's not soft, but it's mm-hmm. also not hard. So it's somewhere in the middle. You don't drink it. It's not like porridge. You eat it more. Yeah, yeah. I, I think when I've seen it, it almost looks like um stiff grits, sort of. It's like um or stiff polenta uh, in Italy. Like it would be a very stiff. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right? But it's still like it's still soft, but it's not liquidy. It's just exactly. But you can mound it up a little bit, and you use it as a side dish for something like this, right? Yeah, it's it's actually a staple in in every household you will go to in Kenya. They probably eat ugali a couple times a week. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then um, when you go to the coast, which is it's just the Kenyan coast is beautiful i mean i live in kenya and i haven't had enough of the kenyan coast Mm. it's just beautiful you have to have the what is the coastal dishes so Mm -hmm. they have swahili dishes Mm. oh my god 
amazing. <laughs> really? So that's like where yeah. you say like some of the best food in Kenya is on the coast with Swahili oh, for dishes. Sure. For sure. Um, the Swahili people, the, the, the coastal people, they make amazing dishes. So they make biryani, um, they make shawarmas, they also make mm. pilau. Mm. Their dishes are just to die for. <laughs> Is it influenced by the Indian culture? It sounds like a little bit too, where like, because you just said shawarma, which I guess would be Middle Eastern, not Indian. I take that back. Right? Is it is it like um a diverse palette of is that where the Swahili like um, so the or? Swahili the Swahili people their their influ- their, their, their culture and their language and their language because you know Swahili is our national language in yeah. Kenya it's influenced by um, Arabs and Bantus so it's more I think it it would be Arab however I did. When I was doing my master's, I lived with an Indian guy and most of their foods are similar to, you know, the Swahili dishes. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, there's a bit of an influence from right. India as well, because, you but know, it does think, border the yeah, Indian makes, Ocean. Yeah, it makes sense because you've got, I mean, it's all about the people, were, the migration of going mm. out, coming in, conquering things. Yeah, and trade as well. Things you know because yeah. of the trade and everything the spice trade yeah this is so mm. interesting i love yeah. middle eastern food i love indian food and i think i'm just gonna love me some swahili food too like i am all up in yeah. that i can't wait to google some recipes yeah, that's true that sounds so yummy that's true because because also um pakistani mm-hmm. food it's quite similar they also mm-hmm. have the biryanis and everything and they are delicious mm-hmm. just amazing amazing like the flavors are so Mm. freaking good i got this incredible pakistani cookbook and i deep dove on that last year and it it is so the food is so flavorful and like simple Mm -hmm. too it's not like it's overly complex with techniques or anything like that bold spices you take big swings with bold spices but man oh man it's I'm salivating. <laughs> I'm literally it's 8 30 in the morning where I am and I'm like dripping because <laughs> I'm like thinking of food that's just so yummy. Yeah. Now there's actually um a Swahili restaurant close to my home. And every time I when I when I would come from work and every time I would think to buy food from that, like it would make my entire week. So I'd be <sighs> having a bad week and I would have just one biryani and it would change everything (laughs) the food is so good I love that I absolutely love that Mm. I can't wait to eat it with you okay now yeah again back to how diverse Kenya is what are like the Mm -hmm. top five things that people should do when coming to visit Kenya obviously you're going to the coast like that is a given. Oh, I'm going to the coast. Yeah. yeah you're going to the coast. You're <laughs> like, I'll be there for two weeks. I'm not going anywhere yeah. else. Like I don't need yeah. to go hang out with giraffes. I'm cool. I'm going to the coast. You can go have tea and brunch with a giraffe in somebody's house. I'm cool. I don't need that. Yeah. So, um, there's definitely the coast. Um, then, um, the second, and you know, the coast, the coast is actually quite diverse. Um, we have, south coast we have um an island called lamu and we have just mombasa which is Mm. the i don't know how to say it but 
they're different. You can enjoy the coast differently. Mm. So they're part. So it's it's not just the beach. There's also different cultures. There are places where you can go and see the dolphins. You can go to a marine park. There's so much to do at the coast. So it would you definitely wouldn't be able to cover the coast in one let's say one visit. Oh, but okay. definitely see the coast. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then at the, you should definitely do a safari. Okay. Because, you know, in Kenya, we do have, you know, all, I guess, all wildlife, um, some of the most famous animals, like um, elephants, you can go to see giraffes, yeah. you can go to see zebras, uh, buffaloes, all of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know about the, the eighth wonder of the world, where the, there's the wildebeest. The wildebeest crossing. run. Yeah, it's, yes. it's a huge deal. Yes. Mm. Yeah, it's, in, it's yeah. in Kenya. Yes, you can be able to do that. Um, something else that I would recommend would be to the, in the western part of Kenya, we have Lake Victoria. Mm-hmm. So they have, I, I've never been actually to the, the, the town with Lake Victoria, but I'm sure it's something to see, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So they do have amazing, they, they make amazing fish dishes. Mm. So that would be something to explore. Mm-hmm. And, and Lake then, Victoria is huge. It almost looks like an ocean when you're on it. Like it, it's a huge lake. Yeah, it's quite a huge lake and it, it touches um, several countries. So I think that would definitely be something to see. Mm-hmm. And um, then there's a road trip. There's um, the northern part of Kenya, which is very dry and very desert-like. Mm-hmm. You can do a road trip. I don't know which part of the U.S. they do sort of road trips through the, the desert. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah, that would be like the southwest, like Arizona, New mm. Mexico, Utah. Yeah, so there's something similar in um, in Kenya where you take like a drive to the northern part of Kenya. There is this the, the place is so scenic. It's just Ooh. amazing the scenery. You can be able to see the stars at night and you know do camping. Then there's a lake in the middle of the desert that's just so beautiful. There's mm. just so much to see also along the that um what is it called the north the northern part Mm -hmm. of kenya Mm -hmm. yeah that's amazing so now with all this traveling all over kenya you guys speak most of from what i read and correct me if i'm Mm -hmm. wrong because you know Mm -hmm. google google can be wrong most kenyans (laughs) speak at least two languages if not three because you Yeah. yeah english is the second language Swahili is your national mm. language, and then there's tribal language. Actually, um, we have two national languages, which is English and Swahili. So okay. we all study; they're both studied in school, mandatory studied in school. We do literature. We do literature both for English and Swahili. So okay. Swahili Swahili literature is called Fasihi. So we study that as well, mm-hmm. and then. Now we have our our tribal. I hate, I don't want to say dialects because that's all they are. They are full fully They're fledged, full languages. You know, languages. Yeah, yeah. So we have forty two tribes in Kenya. Wow. And each of the tribes they speak their own language. 
some some languages are pretty close to each other so maybe if you speak if i speak a language i can probably understand some parts of yours but in total we do have 42 languages so commonly you find that people speak english and swahili and then your mother tongue mm-hmm. yeah so what do you speak english swahili and do you have a third i actually speak four languages <laughs> <gasps> Oh my god, yeah. what do you speak? I speak uh so I speak English Swahili. I also speak my mother tongue from my tribe which is Kikuyu. So I speak Ooh. Kikuyu and I also speak Mandarin. If you can believe it. <laughs> Who are you? My god, you're amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, it, how do you keep it all straight in your noggin? <laughs> Honestly be- because for 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 mandarin i i learned it um i i went to china for three years to do my for my grad school so i did my master's in china so i sort of had to learn it <laughs> and to be honest i didn't enjoy learning it but now i feel so proud telling people that i can speak it <laughs> yeah that's i yeah. mean it's a really hard language to it learn is. it is yeah it, it's more difficult to write especially the reading is much more difficult but well, yeah, speaking they, i think don't they read left to right or no they read they don't read no, they right actually to left. read do they they read same as english but okay. it's the characters the characters are oh, very okay. complicated yeah oh my gosh i just can't <laughs> i mean i tried to learn italian a couple of years ago and Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's supposed to be like a cakewalk compared to <laughs> Mandarin. And I still, yeah. I can only say a few things in Italian that make sense. And even then, <laughs> um, that's incredible. So then do you feel like if someone's coming to Kenya, should they know a little Swahili just to be respectful? Not really. Um, as I said, we like, and English and Swahili in school. So mm-hmm. majority of the people in Kenya, do, oh, majority of the people actually speak English. So you wouldn't have a problem with getting around as opposed to somewhere like China where, you know, nobody speaks English. So you no. really have to learn the language. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I wouldn't say necessarily to learn Swahili. And also because when we do speak, um, I think every country has their own slang, sort of slang. Yeah. So you probably, even if you, you learned the Swahili that you'd learn maybe on, I don't know, Duolingo or whatever, wouldn't really help you as much because most Kenyans speak slang, which slang is a mixture of English, Swahili, all of the 42 oh, yeah. tribes. yeah of course yeah but even like you know like how do you say thank you in swahili you say asante asante yeah okay perfect asante yeah asante um but i think (laughs) also um on the language thing Mm -hmm. it's so i don't know if it's it's a bit unfortunate because now most people especially the younger generation wow, I never thought I would refer to the younger generation while excluding myself, but um, we don't. (laughs) You were young. You were so young. (laughs) Not really. They don't really speak their mother tongue anymore. So people have sort of, people now speak to their children in English and Swahili. So the mother tongues have sort of been left to 
yeah people don't really teach their young children mother tongue which is sad sad. you know in the future nobody will speak any of the 42 languages no there was um where was it it was either uh a tribe in an i don't know if it was an eskimo tribe or an indian tribe in canada maybe just recently Mm -hmm. like a couple of weeks ago that the last elder that spoke the mother tongue language passed away mm-hmm. and that was it and now the language oh, is dead so sad. it's so sad and it but it, i'm sure it happens all over the world we just don't even realize it because of yeah you know assimilation and and everything else mm-hmm. that i mean if it, it, it's really sad it honestly it really yeah. is i wish that um english wasn't such a forced language worldwide i think that there's so much beauty and diversity and yeah. it's a shame that people are forced to learn english to assimilate to make mm. money to and I, it, yeah and it's to it's, be civilized yeah and it's <laughs> really 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 fucking sad bottom line yeah it's so sad it's so sad actually um my my mom was just telling my sister who has a, a young baby that they must speak to him in um in kikui so that he mm-hmm. can learn the language and I know for a fact that that, that will not happen. <laughs> he'll, probably, <laughs> he'll probably just never learn Kikuyu. Or... No, your mom will speak to him in Kikuyu. <laughs> and like you, you will. And your sister will just be like eye rolling in the background. Like, okay, whatever. <laughs> we barely speak Kikuyu ourselves. Like, I mean, amongst ourselves. Of course, when I speak to my parents, I have to speak to them in Kikuyu. Yeah. But when I speak to my sister or my friends, we all know Kikuyu, but we barely speak it. I don't know. It's right. Because it's, yeah. Or you have your own version of your slang, which I'm sure is English, mm. Kikuyu, and Swahili. And, you know, and so you, you so, talk yeah. in that way too. Yeah. Which is special. That's still special. But mm. girl, you got to bring it back. Bring back Kikuyu. <laughs> um, yeah. So something that I also thought was super interesting was that Kenya Mm -hmm. has a very, very strong tea culture. And Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that you guys grow. You're like one of the top producers of tea in the world. Number one. Yeah. The best tea in the world is from Kenya. The best tea. Yep. And coffee. (laughs) And I was told that at like four o'clock afternoon is huge tea time in Kenya and like you guys are really is it am I right that you're really big on chai tea so the Swahili word for tea is chai okay <laughs> so I, I don't know I don't know how I don't know chai tea how what you guys mean in, in is it the like West a when you call spiced it chai tea? tea like it's got oh. like baking spices like cinnamon Masala. or yeah exactly Masala. Ah. oh really oh no not really spiced tea we mostly just have normal milk tea okay so, so how it's like- made is just you just mix milk and water and then you mm-hmm. boil it together oh okay yeah then you put your tea leaves that's just normal tea and okay. yes it's very commonly had um so for breakfast i would say for sure most people have tea especially I don't know about our generation, but I do know like our parents' generation, they're big on tea. So like when my mom comes home, the first thing she wants is some tea. Like, is there some tea? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, I think I think yes, we do consume a lot of tea ourselves. Yeah. It's it's definitely ingrained in our culture, but for the younger generation mm. I don't I think we're more of coffee. I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't say everyone drinks tea or most people. In fact, most of my friends probably don't even own any tea tea leaves or anything okay so then is the Mm. coffee culture is it like it is here in the u.s where it's super like you've either got our coffee Mm. cultures on two spectrums you have like what we have kind of fast coffee like a dunkin donuts or starbucks that you run in you can order whatever you want they make it right there and they hand it to you or you go to like a hipster coffee shop where Mm. it's like like mind-blowing yeah 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 you take a sip and you are just wired for 10 days like do you have those extremes too and where you are or is it literally like people just have a coffee maker they make you you're you have the best coffee in the world so you're they're making your great coffee that's like right down the road that's coming from no no actually um that's something that's very sad about us is that we do produce the best coffee but we we export it raw so we don't process it. Oh. So, so you you end up having coffee that is from your country, but it's ex- imported from somewhere oh, else. So you know, like the process. Paying coffee. and it's processed somewhere else, and it's sat in a warehouse for God knows how long. When mm. it's right there. Yeah, right there. We actually have a. Okay, I'm not. Um, my where my where I'm, I currently am isn't a coffee growing zone because it's very hot. But mm-hmm. it is very close to me where they grow coffee and, you know, but I feel like a lot is being done now to sort of move the, move the coffee processing a bit further, the, 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 rather than just export it, they mm-hmm. are trying to, you know, also process it and everything. But um, speaking to the coffee culture, I think I'm one of those people who definitely <laughs> is a bit of a coffee addict. Ooh, I love that. Me too. So, okay. Yeah, I do. I do consume more coffee than is probably healthy for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so actually, I remember. <laughs> I love it. So, so sometimes I'll be, I'll be at work and I'll have a coffee before I leave home. When I get to work, I'll have a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> then I'll have like four cups of coffee before 10 a.m. And it's like my heart is racing. And it's uh, like yeah, I'm sure. And you probably haven't eaten anything yet. You've had like <laughs> yeah. a like bite of a banana thing. Yeah, exactly. So you, yeah, no, you're flying high. Yeah. And is it always mm. hot coffee? It's always hot coffee. Uh, black, no sugar. Really? <laughs> wow because you'd think with it being so hot the climate is so hot where you are that you know iced coffee would be a thing but no 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 it's so funny because um in the mornings okay again this this is probably you'd probably disagree with me if you came to kenya because in the mornings we find it very cold so in the mornings it will be about nine degrees so you know you you put on your sweater and you go to work and by the time it's about 10 a.m you're sweating so yeah yeah it feels like you're on <laughs> yeah. the face of the so, sun yeah yes the the temperatures vary so much and at night it gets really really cold sometimes mm-hmm. but I was talking to a friend of mine who 
she she lives um somewhere near Russia and I was telling her about what I consider cold weather and she laughed because that my cold weather my nine degrees is there summer <laughs> so, yeah 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 but I mean it's all relative I lived my parents and my friends make fun of me all the time because I lived in a very Mm -hmm. temperate climate for a long time here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. and uh I don't know in Celsius what it would be but in Fahrenheit it was like 75 degrees every day that was it Mm -hmm. and at night it was like 50 degrees and you got used to it and here in New England again this isn't Fahrenheit you know it's Mm -hmm. sometimes in the winter negative 15 yesterday the high with the wind I think was like two degrees Fahrenheit which is freaking cold last night I think the the low was like I don't know four and so and the high today is like 25 degrees Fahrenheit so it's do you freaking cold do you like do you enjoy that kind of weather because for me no I I hated the winters I hate (laughs) the winter hate it the winters yeah no i but i don't also want to live on the face of the sun like arizona would be very hot very like Mm -hmm. deserty hot climate where Mm. in again in fahrenheit it can get up to like a hundred and i don't know 15 degrees in the summer Mm -hmm. dry heat dry heat still hot heat Uh, still freaking hot but anyway yeah uh, you know what's worse than dry heat though it's um humid heat yeah, oh, all, yeah it all sucks like you, <laughs> oh. you and me need to live in like little perfect bubble climates where it's like yeah. no warmer than a certain degree no colder than a, we are literally like the princess in the pea when it comes to temperatures and I love you yeah. for that. and I respect <laughs> you for that so speaking mm-hmm. of temperatures what is the best time then to come to Kenya because you have it doesn't snow in Kenya but you do have a rainy season no, it doesn't we do um so there's a part of Kenya that's really really cold um it's near it's not it's actually i don't know why it gets so cold because it's not that near mount kenya so we do have a a snow-capped mountain Mm -hmm. in kenya mount kenya um so there's a part of kenya in the central part of kenya that snows very occasionally it's very regular in my lifetime i've probably had it snowed for like three times (laughs) in my lifetime i love that and yeah, so that's fun. But um, we have our quote-unquote winter months, which is um, July and August. So it gets, mm-hmm. uh, it gets to maybe mm, 15 degrees, like a high mm-hmm. of 15 degrees. So we do consider that winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we have um, our rainy season. Obviously, with climate change, this is very all up mm-hmm. in the air. But we have two rainy seasons that's around um, March and April and um, October and November. So those okay. two, those four months in the air tend to be wet. Though with climate change, that may not be the case. You know, things have really, really changed. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think the best time for, especially for people with winter, the best time to visit Kenya would be during your winters. <laughs> oh yeah so like January through months, now, like now yeah now now yeah. um through even December mm-hmm. December January February March actually yeah yeah March mm-hmm. it's usually the best time it's really hot it's hot and nice outside mm. yeah mm. all right my friends 
that's the end of this week's episode. I'll be back next week with Mom Boy to talk so much more about Kenya, answer your listener questions. They were awesome. And just dive into more about who she is and the culture there. It's so fascinating, and I absolutely loved our conversation. So stay tuned next week for more. Thanks for all of your questions. Keep them coming in. Send them to let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. All the information from this week's episode will be in the show notes. Check that out on my website, elizabethrfuller.com. And of course, tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram at let's go on a food adventure. All right, you guys, have a wonderful weekend. Make some yummy food together. Lead with kindness, and I'll see you next Friday. Bye.